The following is part of a seven-episode miniseries featuring a select group of 500 startup portfolio companies that participated in the Alibaba eFounders initiative. The entrepreneurs, who were all from Southeast Asia, visited the Alibaba Business School campus in Hangzhou for 11 days earlier this year and were coached directly by Jack Ma and his team. Welcome to The Jay Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. This week's show guest is Gideon Chutintong, co-founder and CEO of Flow Account. Flow Account is a cloud-based accounting platform designed for small to medium-sized enterprises to track payments and invoices. Flow Account's particular appeal is that it is built for Thailand from the ground up. Online forms, invoicing processes, etc., are all geared towards Thai system, and the platform is fully bilingual. Gideon, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Maybe first, uh, you could give us a little bit of background of yourself, you know, where you're from, you know, what did you study? How did you become an entrepreneur? Oh, okay. So I studied uh, computer science during my uh, university years. So I graduated as a computer science, bachelor's in computer science, but I always had, uh, I always really enjoyed to run my own business. And so mm. entrepreneurship was something that I chose as, as something that I could pursue my passion or could get to do the things I always wanted to do. So once I graduated, I did a couple of things. I went to China, learned some Chinese, worked there for a couple of years, came back, started my own company. And throughout the course of running your own company, you have to do accounting. And so that's where it started. So after doing our own account, my own accounting through all the difficult softwares available in Thailand and trying to use foreign softwares, which are, which are not made for local um, workflows and practices, we decided to try making our own. Well, that, that's basically how a lot of, great, of the greatest startups are found because they're solving a personal pain point, right? So Gideon, you're originally from Thailand though? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm from Thailand. Okay, and you, you sort of grew up and where did you, you studied in Thailand as well? Yes, uh, I, studied, I studied in Thailand. So I went to, um, we call it an international school. So mm. you get to learn a lot of English going to Thai international school. So, so it's taught in English and so that's where we learn. Yeah, I was going to say because your, your English is excellent. You know, oh, it, it you. sounds like you're actually educated abroad. Did you spend any time abroad? Um, not much. I spent some time in Singapore, I, but, but all, all just a couple of months. Right. Okay. And so uh, how receptive were your parents about you becoming an entrepreneur versus maybe going into something more traditional? Oh, they, they were pretty open um, because my dad's a doctor. And so hmm. since I didn't study medicine, <laughs> he says, whatever you want to do. <laughs> so he already, he already wrote you off. So you go to whatever you want to do. Right, 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 right. Okay. And so, and you said that um, basically you kind of always had an entrepreneurial itch. So you 
kind of wanted to always do your own thing, right? And so you were uh, now, now, now. Remind us again. Tell us again about how your personal pain point that you decided that you know what Thailand needs a better uh, way to do their accounting. What was that story? Give us a story. Okay, so so we started Floorcamba four years back. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, the like the de facto standard for accounting software is desktop based. And so if you rewind like certain countries like the States or like the better, like other countries where cloud accounting is very popular, it will be like 10 years, we are like more or less 10 years behind. So back then there was no online solution for anything. And uh, accounting solution, desktop accounting solutions were specifically designed for accountants. So over the course of running my own business, I bought a couple of softwares to try out and try to figure if it would fit what I do. But more or less... The softwares are many of them are designed for professionals, for people who actually know what they're doing. That's right. What was the what was the business that you were running again? Oh, I had a media company, and I, I did some training and I did some advertising. Ah, in in uh, Thailand. Yes, in Thailand. So my first company was I brought I imported stuff in from China to resell in Thailand. So I did right. trading for a couple of years, and then I did an advertising company. We did media production. Um, videos, um, um, short films, and all that. And so because we're in a creative industry, our teams are, tend to be very small. So we had like a less than 10-person team. So when you have such a small team, the owner always ends up doing the accounting. <laughs> Sometimes you have staff, right? You have staff, they stay for a year or so. After you train them, they leave. Then you end up doing it. That's right. So over the course of five, five I, we ran the business for like five to eight years. So over the course of working, running my own business for about eight or eight years, you learned how to do basic accounting. That's right. And basic accounting is not that difficult. But in Thailand, at that, at, at that point in time, four years back, there was no software designed for the entrepreneur to do their own basic accounting. Accounting was always, you had to do the full suite, mm-hmm. whether you were ready or not. So you basically had to hire an accountant to do your books? Right, right. And, and so in Thailand, the software, uh, the, the desktop accounting softwares were designed specifically for if your company had an accountant. And most mm. companies with accountants are actually much more bigger in size. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, if you think about, uh, you know, sort of these multinationals, right? Like they all have, uh, well, they might have accounting software, but, you know, they probably use, well, not even multinational. Maybe if you're a well-established business, you're going to use like like a FreshBooks or or one of these types of uh, accounting software. But you will have someone that you've hired in-house to do the accounting because they have to navigate through that platform, right? Yes, exactly. And so the likes of FreshBooks are not available in Thailand. Ah. Even though we could use their platform, but it doesn't work with Thai workflows. In Thailand, we have uh, invoices, billing notes, we have withholding tax. We have a lot of things that is, is what I call local practice, local workflows. Mm. And it's very hard to, to say as a software vendor, you want to change the way people have been working for the past 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> right? And you not only change your own company, but you have to change everyone around you, everyone you invoice and even you collect money from. Right. And so it's very difficult to work on a foreign workflow. We have concepts of we're still using a lot of paper. Mm. So everything has an original has a copy everything still has to be rubber stamped and properly signed right and so with all these asian concepts 
many times foreign softwares, uh, foreign software for accounting, they just don't work around here. That's right. Yeah. So, so you basically, I mean, this was a, this was a very, very real, real life pain point that you went through when you were, I guess, running your media company or, or, or what have you, that, uh, you realize that, look, there's a, there's a, there's a situation available, opportunity for technology to basically come in and solve a massive pain point for people, uh, at scale. Right. 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 And, and um, even bigger reason to pursue such a project or such a startup is that if you look at the big picture, it's really sad that a whole nation of, what, 70, 80 million mm-hmm. people don't have the basic accounting software that the likes of FreshBooks, the likes of Zero, QuickBooks. And so our nation is very far behind. And our entrepreneurs, it, it's hard for our entrepreneurs to compete just because we don't have the basic infrastructure to invoice, to make quotations, to manage your business. Right. And so we see this as an even bigger goal that what we're trying to do is we actually help small businesses or people who want to be business owners be easily become one. Yeah, that's right. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, you realize the plight of all your fellow uh, entrepreneurs within Thailand. And uh, this is a this is a greater calling or right? a, greater, a greater problem that you're solving. So at what point did you... Gideon decide that you were like, okay, I'm going to uh, step away from the media company and I'm going to get like pursue this full time. Oh, okay. So, so we started, uh, we did our MVP in about six months, four to six months we launched and we were actually very fortunate. So we uh, won, won a few competitions. Mm. We won a local competition. We, we were in the top 10 of Echelon, oh, right. the Singapore event in 2015 and so that really proved to us that hey something as simple as uh fixing a basic fundamental need of an entrepreneur uh could be a viable business because if you look back then uh startups in thailand wasn't that big of a thing and the probability of being able to get funding was still very low that's right and so we set out to say hey we're gonna do this this is useful we think it's useful. We'll probably find a way to survive somehow. And so if we can't survive, <laughs> we'll just go find more work. And so that's, that's the mentality of how we started. And most of the other Thai startups during uh, many years back started on the same logic as well, is that we probably, if it's good, it probably, we'll probably figure something out later on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that that's, uh, especially being in somewhere like Thailand, where, like you said, there was, you know, limited access to uh, venture capital funding and 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 this sort of thing. You know, I mean, you you went out of your way. You, you it was Echelon that you said, right? That you went to, right. yeah, which is E twenty seven. And so, you know, I mean, these uh, you know these go getters from your from your country will are the ones that are probably you know thriving right now. So so tell us about uh, Flow Account. What like the obviously the concept we we uh, we we understand now. Uh, who did you start it with? Did you go out on your own? Did you find a business partner? Um, you know, who, what's your team like? Okay, so we currently have a team of uh, about 25 people, 25, 26 oh, people. Wow. Okay. We started out with uh, three founders. So it's me, my friend who I started university with, and my brother. Mm. And so all of us, we all, had, we all had our own businesses. And so we knew that this was something useful. Right. Right, and so we did that. We were a small team of about five or six for over a year. Then we got some funding. So we won the E27 event and we 
were able to meet Singapore investors, which led us to our first investment from Golden Gate Ventures in Singapore. Ah, nice. And so that, that really made us realize that, hey, this is, there's much greater potential than what we think we, we can achieve. Right. And so it's been a great journey ever since. Oh, absolutely. It's so exciting. And um, so when you talk about uh, cloud accounting, right, you know, like people talk about, you know, sale, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about fresh books earlier and, and this sort of thing. Uh, for you, it was very like, like, like localized, right? So it's basically like the Thai, like Thai people did not have this sort of support. So, uh, you know, obviously when you're thinking about building out your business, isn't there a fear that maybe, you know, a FreshBooks will all of a sudden like roll out a Thai language, you know, platform, right? Oh, yes, definitely. And I'm sure they are looking at all the countries around hmm. the world. And so it's just a choice of where they go first. And also if when they come in, are we ready to compete or are we on a level that we can compete or not? Right. But but the main reason behind this is that we really believe that if we properly understand our users in Thailand, accounting is something that's different for every country. And the people who are able to crack it have to put a huge amount of effort. It's not like a SaaS sales tool that you can put online and anyone can adopt. Right. So basically in Thailand, what we do is the lengths we take to adopt a user is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I mean, like we do a lot. So we do weekly, uh, weekly, monthly workshops. Mm -hmm. We train about 2,000 small business owners every year, so about 200 a month. We have a call center support. They call us uh, six days a week. We teach them how to use the computer. Half of the questions are how to use a computer. The other half are how to use our software. And another area is how to do accounting. So you really handhold the user. Right. So coming from uh, a global perspective, it's not easy to set up operations in every country. So we believe that uh, because we believe in the market, our own market and our own country, when we invest in it, we believe that we're here for the long run as well. And so, I mean, we're local, so we, we're, you don't see us going anywhere else. Right. And there's no decision to say, hey, let's, let's not... Um, Let's close down this country and open it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is no, no, so we put right. So our plans are long term, and we believe that long term will succeed. And you know what? There, there's something we said uh, for that, Gideon. Because basically, you know, uh, we've seen this time and time again in different markets and different you know locations where multinationals try to come in and, and steamroll their way in because you know just because they've achieved it in you know the U.S. and maybe Europe, you know, they think they can come in, but you know, Thailand is a very nuanced market and you guys have expertise there. So, you know, I think in the, in the long run, like, you know, I mean, if you keep, you know, as long as the tech is, is, is on par with uh, whatever any competitor brings in, you know, you guys will win. So as far as, um, let, let's talk a little bit about the user experience there at, uh, at Flow Account. So you, you mentioned the sort of SMEs, like uh, small, medium enterprises. Is that your sort of target audience, uh, target customer? Yes. Yes. Our target customer is uh, basically the small business owner. So in Thailand, we'd say businesses with fewer than 10 employees. Ah. I see. It's our main target customer. Okay, and uh, and and if let's say I'm a you know small medium enterprise in Thailand and I want to uh, to onboard onto your platform, like why don't you walk us through that process? 
Oh, okay. So um, sign up is free. Uh, we have a we have a freemium business model, so you can sign up for a free version, which allows you to do invoicing and uh, quotations and invoices and billing notes. Right. And then, if you want to do more features, you can pay us. Uh, let's say we charge about thirty dollars a year for expenses, and another thirty dollars for payroll, and so on and so forth. So the whole package costs about sixty dollars, more or less, per company. And the the what we do with onboarding is that uh, once a user comes into our platform, we look at their activities, and we look at what they do and what do they they not do. We qualify them, and we actually contact them. So we give them a call and say, "Hey, how can I help you? I see you've come into our system. What are your problems? Is there anything that we can help?" And we schedule demos and we schedule uh, them to visit our workshops and so on and so forth. I see. So where uh, you know, I mean, look, I haven't. I've I've been to Thailand. Uh, it's obviously a very big tourist destination for for Asians. You know, I've been to Bangkok and and Phuket and the likes. But where where is your stronghold? I mean, do you see uh, SMEs coming online and trying to, you know, potentially be clients of yours throughout all of Thailand? Uh, yes, yes, we have uh, we have customers all around the country, and the trend is changing very rapidly. So the questions we get when we started out are very different to what we're getting now. And so in the past, it was this trust, not just because of our company was unknown, but it's because. SMEs weren't very familiar with the cloud, weren't very familiar if they could store the data online, and would it be safe, and would it be audited by the revenue department? You get all these uh, questions, but now, now users are seeing the actual benefits of actually having your system online and the ability to have your data when you want it. And so the questions are much different. So we see that this is a good opportunity to expand SaaS in Thailand. And I'm sure it's similar in many other parts of the Southeast Asian countries as well. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to your question, the majority of our customers are in Bangkok because that's our main business hub. And then we have uh, business hubs in the north, south, east, and west, but the majority are still in Bangkok. So for Flow Account itself, what what do you see as your sort of t- t- 2018 goals, and uh, you know, in the next year or two? Like, you, obviously, you guys are very localized, specializing in Thailand. What goals do you guys have for the coming year? Well, for for this year, actually, this year is our biggest challenge. Is once you get from five five person team with you and your co-founders to um, 20 or 30 person team, the goal is, are you able to build a company? Right. And that's our biggest challenge. Are we able to create a culture that our team would want to work in? Are we able to groom our leaders? So I would say for this year, by the end of the year, I would hope that we would have leaders in each, in each of our units. Right whether it's sales, marketing, you could build the whole company infrastructure, then the company is able to run and, and go on for the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so this year for us, it's trying to scale not only in users, but scale our internal um, management as well. Because if we can't figure that out, then it's very hard to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I think people who aren't entrepreneurs, who aren't running companies, they don't actually know how difficult it is uh, not only to build a business, but also to manage your personnel, right? So and this leads me to um, 
a, a very good sort of segue because um, I know that you guys were, you know, obviously you guys are a sort of portfolio company of 500 startups uh, who we're very friendly with, which is, uh, you know, we're doing this series on. And then, you know, you you went through the Alibaba eFellows program. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and maybe uh, talk a little bit about that. And maybe you could share with the audience some of the lessons that you've learned there during that program. Oh, yes. Um, during our program, it, it was really an eye-opening experience for us, and especially for me. And what I really learned is that the combination between Western management and Eastern culture. Hmm. And so Alibaba has their KPIs. They have the, the metrics that they measure everything. That's, that's really Western. But the way they manage their people is much more Eastern than that. Wow. So it's a combination between them both that makes Alibaba succeed. Is anything specific about the way they manage their people? I mean, you you know, like I've heard a lot about Alibaba's culture, but any specific takeaways that you can remember from your, you know, that kind of like, you know, like blew you away or maybe left a lasting impression on you? Oh, yes. So there was, uh, so it was a 10 day, 10 day seminar course. So there were sessions every day. Right. And at the end, end of every day, we were all forced to do a feedback form. And the feedback would show immediately the next day. Oh, wow. So you complain when there was no coffee, the next morning there was coffee. So that's what that was the first complaint everyone said, no coffee. And the next morning you had coffee. If you said uh, people are asking questions for too long, the next day they came up with a platform for you to ask questions. Right. So, so, so it's like it's an immediate feedback loop. Every day you are forced to do the feedback loop, and the next day they try to implement it as soon as possible, which is very impressive. Yeah, and so specifically, what takeaways do you have that you would, might want to implement within you know, your, your own company, Flow Account? So uh, what, what I got from this is you could see that the culture trickles down to, to, towards the whole organization. Right. And one thing Jack Ma said that was very important is that the only thing that cannot be copied is company culture. So with money, you can copy our user interface, you can copy our UI, you can copy our business model, you can develop uh. on a tech stack that would probably be even much better. But money cannot buy you the team we have. Very true. Right. Very similar to money can buy you love or money can buy you the, your, your, your perfect partner. Right. And so, and so you have to be very focused on nurturing your company's culture so that your whole team makes the right decisions even though you're not around. Right. And that's the actual test. And so, that's, that, so the whole trip made me think much more about culture, about how I want to grow the team, what environment we want to promote, what we don't want to. And it's, it's been very, very important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that like, you know, I, I feel like most founders, you know, they might not think about that because that that's kind of like a like a huge company, uh, you know, like when you're when you're starting out, you're bootstrapped and you're trying to grow your company and, and get to a positive cash flow or whatever it is, you know, you a lot of founders don't think about uh, culture. And, and that's very important, though, even from the very, very early stages. So uh, those are great insights, uh, Gideon. Thank you for sharing them. I have, uh, I have two final questions before we sign off. Uh, and the second to the last one, I, actually, I ask all of my entrepreneurial guests 
on the show is basically if you had one piece of advice for our listeners who might be, you know, uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, what would it be? I'd say just make a decision with whatever information you have. So the decisions you make today may be wrong when you look back three years from now, but you have to just make them and you can learn from them. So the, the longer you delay, the more time you waste. That's actually pretty good because uh, no, no one actually has said that yet. <laughs> so you're, you're, a, you're a pioneer, Gideon. But I, I think that that's very relevant. You know, like people try to sugarcoat entrepreneurship and this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, there comes a point in every startup founder or entrepreneur's life where you have to make a decision without having full information. And that goes for founders and, you know, all leaders, you know, CEOs of companies or, or great investors and I think that there's a part of it where it's kind of intuition, where you have experiences, so you know you're making the right decision. But also a, a part of it is is actually luck, you know, where, you know, and I've heard this before as well, where people are kind of like, you know, I kind of I kind of just uh, felt, you know, this was right. And so I made the decision. And that's not an easy thing for many founders to do. So I think that it's, uh, it's a great piece of advice getting uh, the last uh, question I have for you is where can people find you, follow you, and learn more about Flow Accounts? Okay, so uh, you can go to our website at flowaccount.com and you can check out, you can sign up and test our software. If you live in Thailand, definitely you can give us a call and we can help you set up your, your business. Very nice. And are you on social media at all or are you pretty low-key? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. You can search Great. for me, Gideon Quitsada, and I'll be on Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, Gideon, thanks so much for sharing your insights and your wisdom, and we wish you the best of luck. And uh, I'm looking forward to you know your your success in the in the future. So thank you for thank you for uh, the time. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.